Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Do you like writing hymns? Maybe need some help writing hymns? We have an opportunity to share with you to improve your hymn writing skills. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. John Veeker. He's Dean of Chapel and Associate Professor of Practical Theology at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Dr. Veeker, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Always good to be here to talk about all things about the church's song. That's right. I believe the word that Benjamin Cloge uses is hymnological. Yes. I think I should use that <laughs> word more frequently. Wanna, I didn't want to use that. $20 word, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I should use that more frequently. I, I, yeah. I feel like, you know, that's a word I should use on a daily basis. So being hymnological, who are the hymn writers who have influenced our lives in worship as Lutherans, both, both past and present? Well, I would say, you know, the biggest influence on Western, on the Western church, at least, would be Martin Luther. I mean, he launched a hymn explosion in the 16th century and his 37 hymns that he wrote became kind of a seedbed of examples for the tens of thousands that followed in the centuries after him from all, all different persuasions, theological persuasions. But especially in the Lutheran church, his hymns have formed a kind of core. And then the hymnody of the first 150 years of Lutheranism with writers like Philip Nicolai, who wrote The King and Queen of Chorales, and Paul Gerhardt, who followed in the 17th century. So this flowed into English as the Missouri Synod began to speak English toward the end of the 19th century and with wonderful translators like Catherine Winkworth and many others made it possible for us to sing the hymns of the Reformation. So that was hugely influential, the, the Reformation and Luther's launch of a hymn explosion. Hymn explosion. I absolutely love that. That sounds like a, a real fun time. But all of, all of these composers and hymn writers you're talking about, I, I feel like these are probably familiar names to a lot of people. Who are influential hymn writers for you with your legacy, of, your own legacy of church music, writing and composing and hymn texts and things? Who are the, the hymn writers that were influential for you? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the great hymn writers of the past, like Luther and Paul Gerhardt and, and then many others from the English of the 19th century, who became part of a hymn explosion at the end of the 19th century and also at the end of the 18th century there was a hymn explosion. You know, in my own time, I think hymn writers like Martin Franzman, who was a Missouri Synod clergyman who spoke, taught here at Concordia Seminary, was a, an exegetical professor, but quite the poet, quite the lover of languages, and that flowed into his hymnody, hymns like Thy Strong Word and Adam, We Have All Been One and many others. Not a huge collection of hymns, but he, he was influential. He was one of the Missouri Synod's first kind of great hymn writers. Jerry Vida, Yaroslav Vida would be a second. And then I think the third kind of homegrown Missouri Synod hymn writer would be Stephen Starkey. Mm -hmm. And one of his finest hymns, I think, is Water, Blood, and Spirit Crying. Just the Christology and the kind of theology of baptism that's going on in that hymn is, is just stupendous, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. hmm. One of many good ones. Yes. Sarah, I think we should label this episode Hymn Explosion. I'm, I'm for that. The Hymn <laughs> Explosion. Well, there was a Hymn Explosion at the end of the 20th century, and that's like, you know, <laughs> these, these three guys were part of that great yeah. explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? And they're so good. They're so good. Yep. 
What would you say, Dr. Vicker, is is essential to being a Lutheran hymn writer? Well, in terms of the text, I mean, and here I'm speaking about text mostly, not so much mm-hmm. about the music, but in mm-hmm. terms of you know what what the what the hymn actually says. I think first of all, a, a good Lutheran hymn and really a good Christian hymn needs to be biblical. In other words, it reflects something that's going on in the Bible. Either it takes a particular text and uh, it exp- expounds on it, or it takes a particular doctrinal theme like baptism and is and is running with a number of different kinds of biblical allusions. So that it's biblical. And secondly, that it is Christological, that it has Christ at the center. And this is kind of like what a good sermon is, you know? A good sermon is biblical and it has Christ at the center. It preaches the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus his suffering, death, and resurrection on our behalf. And so I think a good hymn does that also. And then there are the mechanics of a hymn. It needs to it needs to say it something in a particular way. It uses language that accessible, that can be understood on the first or second hearing, but is not so plain Jane that it's like comes off as trite doggerel. So there's this, it's not a complex poem like a T.S. Eliot poem, but it's, it also is not, you know, a limerick. So this happy kind of second-rate poetry, what you might call it, it's, it's it needs to be accessible because people are, are singing it. You're putting words into people's mouths and they need to be able to at least understand more or less what they're singing on the first or second try. Has any of that changed over time? And I know this is a loaded question and maybe much longer than what we have time for, but mm-hmm. have those things changed over time or how has him writing and writing those texts changed over time in our Lutheran history? Well, I think, you know, if you're just talking Lutherans, you know, and German Lutherans in particular, there was a kind of continuity there between Luther and, and, and Gerhardt. Although, you know, by the time you get to the 17th century, the, the focus has changed. The Thirty Years' War caused hymn writers and poets and much of theology to become more introspective and more devotional, shall we say, let's put it that way, because there weren't, the churches, many had been burned down and pastors were providing resources, devotional materials for their for their members to use outside of church. And so you see Gerhardt using a lot more first person singular type of language. That would be, that'd be one example of how things changed, at least in the German period. I think you get examples as we move into the English, into English language, uh, mm. Uh, over the centuries, certainly many other changes. You know, Isaac Watts comes out of the English Puritan tradition, and they were only singing psalm. And he said, why can't we sing something else besides a paraphrase of a psalm? So he wrote hymns like, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, which takes the theme of the cross and expounds it so beautifully. So again, those that's, that's a major change for English hymnody. Well, I've enjoyed what we've been learning about hymnody right here, but there's an opportunity to learn about hymns and hymn writing. The Hymn Writers Workshop coming up February 18th at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Tell us about this workshop. What happens at the Hymn Writers Workshop? Well, this was a workshop that kind of began last year, and it flows out of a contest that the seminary has had for many years, which asks seminarians, hey, write a hymn, and we'll uh, judge it anonymously and then give financial scholarships based on on the winners for second and third place. And when I got here, I thought, you know, we don't have many submissions for this contest. Equip the students. And we don't have to just equip, stu- equip students. We can also equip others who want to come. So we created this workshop. And we're basically going to take a look at the kind of the mechanics. We'll have one presenter who will look at the mechanics of hymn writing, 
and we're talking texts in particular, not melodies. And then we'll have a, a well-known and an established hymn writer who will be doing reflections on how she has written hymns. Do we get a sneak peek of who those people are, or is that under wraps until no, the absolutely. end? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I should have mentioned our our first presenter will be a Pastor Charles Henriksen, who's a pastor here in in the Missouri district, and he's written a number of hymns over the over the years, some published and many not. But he he's going to run us through the mechanics of a, a very fine book called The Anatomy of Hymnody by Austin C. Lovelace. And this helps, I think, will help students or participants to see kind of how the meter works, how the number of syllables with the right accent on the right syllable happens in hymn writing. And then Lisa Clark, who's the senior editor of Curriculum Resources at CPH and has written hundreds of hymns, many of them published, and is doing doctoral research on the topic of hymnody at the University of Bristol in the United Kingdom. She'll be our keynote presenter for the second session. Then there will be coaching in the afternoon if you have written a text and you'd like to bring it and receive feedback from these two experts and a couple of others who will be on hand, that's that's part two. Those are great presenters, just very talented people in the realm of hymn writing. And I, I actually went to this last year and Stephen Starkey was the presenter. And, and it was it was wonderful. And I'm not a hymn writer myself, but it was really interesting to kind of have a behind the scenes look at how are mm-hmm. what what makes good hymnody? So if people aren't maybe going to be doing the, the hymn contest, what value is it for people to just kind of learn more about our hymnody? Yeah, I think for anybody who has, yeah, maybe you're not a hymn writer, but you just want to learn more about how, how 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 is the sausage made for a hymn writer? You know, well, this is a great place to come and learn and 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 to hear about this. Of, I mean, Lisa Clark is an interesting. She got started as an editor at CPH, but she's decided she wanted to write a hymn a week, a hymn text a week. And she would ha- she had uh, Peter Reske there, who's the senior in charge of the music department, basically. And so he would be her coach and kind of critique, uh, you know, would critique her texts. And this has gone on for quite some time. So she's written over 150, over 150 hymn texts in her life. And that's a good way to do it, is to just write and craft, working at the craft. So this is an opportunity to come and meet with people who actually write hymns and to hear how it's done, even if you don't have a great interest. The cost is only $15 to come and receive all of this. And you get a free copy of The Anatomy of Hymnody by Austin C. Lovelace. Excellent. Excellent. How do we, well, I don't know if we've talked about the dates, times a little bit. I think we said February 18th. What, what else do we need to know to prepare for this workshop? Well, you can go to csl.edu. And there you can click on the, I, don't, I actually haven't figured this out yet, but if you just Google Prevale, P-R-E-V-A-L-L-E-T, hymn writing, you'll find it there and click on the link and register. It's very easy to do. And uh, we'll, we'll have coffee and donuts and 8.30 is the time to arrive and meet the hymn writers and have a meet and greet. And then we'll start at nine o'clock that morning on Saturday, February 18th, God willing. Very good. Very good. So csl.edu, you can find it, I believe, in resources. It'll be in continuing education. We'll share the link in the program notes today as well Thank for you. the Prevale Hymn Writing Workshop coming up Saturday, February 18th at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And looks like it's going to be a fantastic event. Just all that I've learned today, I, I'm intrigued as well and, and great speakers as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Beaker, for being our guest in the Coffee Hour and sharing about this great opportunity with us. My pleasure. And thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 